Breaking news, Sam Bankman-Fried has finally agreed to lie before Congress. Uh, I mean, uh, to testify before Congress. We're going to talk about the whole drama with Maxine Waters and regulators and legislators in general and their kid gloves and the way they've handled the FTX and SBF saga. Also, today I'm going to be writing out a plot for my new television show. You guys, those guys don't want to miss this. It's called The Real Housewives of Crypto Twitter. And it includes a bunch of unhinged 30-year-old former billionaires who are bickering like schoolgirls on Twitter in a public forum rather than taking it privately as if they're a bunch of people who are having fun staying poor and don't know how to control their emotions. My God, what is wrong with these people? It's Friday, so we're going to do the week news in review. You guys don't want to miss this. Let us go. Let's go. What is up, everybody? I'm Scott Melker, also known as the Wolf of All Streets. Before we get started, please subscribe to the channel and slap that like button with your Shiba Inu Doge oven mitt that's eating ramen. Had to bring it back for Friday. So listen, I used to do these streams every single day by myself. I would talk a lot of smack, say some wild things, quote rap lyrics. I do love that we have guests almost every single day. But sometimes I feel like I need to free the beast and I can't do that with another person there because I feel like I might, I don't know, offend them, say something really weird, make a strange sexual joke or connotation and offend them. And then they'll leave and they won't like me anymore and it'll be terrible. But on Fridays, I get the opportunity to review all of the news of the week rather than doing the news every single day and talk about the biggest stories and wildest things that we are seeing in the crypto industry. And not to go all TMZ on you, but it feels like it's time to go all TMZ on you. Now, we couldn't get it together in time because I had an idea like all of 15 minutes ago where I was like, dude, we need to take this picture or a picture like it. Here you go. This is the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. You see these, these women over here. We got bl blonde and other blonde and other blonde. One of those names is Kyle. One of their names is Renna. One of their names is Kyle, and one of their names is Renna. I know those names. Dorit. One of them is a Dorit, right? So I was going to take this picture right here, and, and I was going to take you know her right here, and that was going to be CZ, and this would be SBF, and this would be Doquan, and this would be Suzu. This would be, I don't know, Kyle Davies. Over here, we'd probably put Elon Musk just for the hype. Maybe uh, Gary Gensler's face right here. And maybe like Mario Knopfel, you know, the guy hosting all the spaces who's brought all of them together. It's not an insult to say him like he's one of the housewives. Like he's bringing the drama to Twitter, right? And if you're wondering why, if you're wondering why I would, uh, you know, paint their faces on, well, then you probably haven't been reading what's going on on Twitter. But if you have been reading, then you know that we have the same level of drama as a Bravo reality show, reality show about a bunch of bickering women who have nothing better to do with their lives. So just imagine this picture, but with all their faces on it, right? And let's dig in a little bit to where this started. Okay. We got a lot of bicker going on. Yeah. DeGarzi says she should be Steve Ehrlich and Mashinsky. I agree with that. They're just kind of older, you know? But anyways, CZ 
is not pulling punches anymore. Everybody knows, listen, I had uh, the acting CEO of Wonderfy, a company that uh, Kevin O'Leary is heavily heavily invested in on the show yesterday. He was great. But uh, Kevin O'Leary obviously continues to sort of beat the drum that maybe SBF's all right. Let's see the proof. I would probably invest in him again. A lot of things it takes huge cojones to come out and say after the guy is basically proven proven to be the largest fraudster in the history of the crypto space and one of the biggest in the history of the world. And Kevin O'Leary continues to defend him. Maybe Kevin O'Leary could be a housewife in this. But basically, CZ here says it seems 15 million not only changed Kevin O'Leary's mind about crypto, it also made him align with a fraudster. Is he seriously defending SBF? Then goes into the attacks. I'm not going to make any comments about Kevin O'Leary. I've spoken with him multiple times. I think he's very nice. Uh, generally reasonable person. I don't know what's going on here. But then CZ basically goes on to highlight the saga with FTX. We exited a year and a half ago. We were questioning the FTX Alimator relationship. How do they name stadiums and Super Bowl commercials and F1, not to mention massive political donations, luxury real estate, oh, and reprehensible misuse of customer funds. And then basically continues to go on and say that when they backed out, Sam was was so unhinged uh, that he launched a series of offensive tirades at multiple Binance team members, including threatening to go to extraordinary lengths to make us pay. We still have those text messages. Then he started to basically, uh, you know, go on this ta- uh, this tear of hiring the Tom Brady's and and Kevin O'Leary's of the world to make him look good. And then CZ goes on to say his ethnicity was a fo- focus and specifies, hey, I'm Canadian and Binance is not a Chinese company. And basically that it didn't smell right. It was all messed up and Binance is awesome. Right. Okay. D- did that get you to the, to the gist of what CZ is saying? He's saying... We saw that there were major red flags at FTX. We bailed out, and that's what happened. And Kevin O'Leary got paid $15 million. So, of course, he's beating that drum. Well, here you go. SBF responded to this. This is when he said Sam was so unhinged. SBF says, you won, CZ Binance. There's no need to lie now about the buyout. We initiated conversations around buying you out, and we decided to do it because it was important for our business. He's talking about buying Binance out of FTX, their investment FTX. And I was, while I was frustrated with your negotiation tactics, in quotes, I chose to still do it. You threatened to walk at the last minute if we didn't kick in an extra 75 million. What's 75 million between friends, really? We did it anyway because it just made us feel more confident. We didn't want Binance on our cap table. But again, none of this is necessary. You won. Why are you lying about this now? Right. And this is among other things, as you know, you didn't even have the rights to pull out as an investor unless we chose to buy you out. CZ then responds, Sam, not that it matters now. You also can't force us to sell if we don't want to. Also, we have the veto right to block any further fundraising you were doing. Never used or mentioned it. It was never a competition fight. No one won. Don't try to tell your friends to focus on us. Focus on yourself. You should have learned that by now. Now, listen. If this was like me and my friend and he owed me 100 bucks or something, fantasy football didn't pay up, I call the dude or give him a text, but no, no. And I'm not really talking about CZ here. I think CZ is literally just laying out what happened over and over and over again for transparency and for people to see, but like everybody hates you here, SBF. What are you doing, man? You could just leave, you know, like why do these guys keep coming back, keep coming back to Twitter to fulfill their little, like, you know, cult 
fantasy dreams that they're these superheroes and everybody wants to follow them. So now SBF literally like certainly at the detriment of his court case and everything just keeps opening his mouth, probably lying, but opening his mouth as to what's going on. And then of course we had Zusu, who by the way, disgraced billionaire himself. Uh, you know, we all know about the yacht much. Wow. We've talked three AC to death coming on and basically saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. Had a call yesterday with someone who asked, how come you and Doquan came right back after FTX went down? Is it just to deflect from your own issues? The answer is yes. We should just stop there. They said, I replied, Doquan has been building on Luna Classic and Luna 2 literally continuously and hasn't taken more than a week Twitter break. Okay. As for myself, I have firmly said we were hunted since my July Bloomberg interview. Go back and read it. Basically saying that FTX hunted their stops. They were trading on FTX. FTX knew where their trades were and liquidated 3AC and caused this whole thing right? Then basically saying there were a couple long-form articles in August that got squashed at major publications because editors feared reprisal, loss of access to SBF. Not only were such things not reported, many publications were still busy debating it as if he was the JPM or Vanderbilt of crypto. So in such a backdrop, all you can do is stay calm and quiet, do what needs to be done, and pray for justice. What else could anyone do? It is sad given how long crypto society and media let his charade go on, like literally while this dude's saying he didn't say anything. That many people's suffering coincides with our catalyst for vindication. Yet life is as whining as it is windy. Beauty is truth and truth is beauty. That is all ye know on earth and all ye need to know. Maybe that was all yay, like he's talking about Kanye. I don't know, but fuck this bitch. Yes, I shouldn't say that. But nobody is allowing vindication of these assholes who fucked us all. This is bullshit, and I hope that nobody is buying into any of this at all. It's offensive. It makes me want to stick needles into my eyeballs and jump off of a bridge. You are not getting vindicated because you guys were also huge asshole liars who took massive loans, lied about your positions and what you had on the books to get those loans and then lost everybody's money. You, along with Voyager, Steve Ehrlich, and those complicit in giving the loan are responsible for me losing millions of dollars and all these millions of people losing millions of dollars themselves. And I don't give a shit about you waxing poetic about religion. Yet life is as winding as it is windy. That doesn't even mean anything. Just because the word winding sounds like the word windy doesn't mean you can put them in a sentence to make yourself sound like an amateur philosopher. This is the same guy who wrote a long form piece about how he was surfing and literally like watched a child die while they were swimming and the life lessons that he learned and something gained is something lost and shut the fuck up. His partner, Kyle Davies, is out here literally painting. Painting. He's a new, he's Picasso now. And everyone wants to blame SPF for everything. And to be frank, maybe it's SPF's fault, but also you have to have risk management. You should never be like, just like we said yesterday, CZ said a tweet should not be able to collapse a healthy company. Yeah, well, one trade and your hunts being stopped should not collapse a multi-billion dollar hedge fund. That means you had no risk management. This is your fault. You are at fault. It's your fault. You did it. But then, of course, SPF can't stay out of it. Real Housewives, remember? That's what we were talking about here. I made a lot of big mistakes this year, but this wasn't one of them. There's no evidence because it didn't happen. Please, please focus on your own house. 
How about all of you go move into a house, I don't know, say uh, on Rikers Island together, maybe Alcatraz. Maybe they'll close Alcatraz to the public and put all of your dumb asses on there. And you can bicker like schoolgirls to each other with three followers, all being each other on Twitter. Yes, it makes for good drama for all of us to watch this play out in the court of public opinion. But the problem is a lot of people are buying into this shit. Mashinsky's back on Twitter, I saw. She's just tweeting, just tweeting, retweeting shit about uh, GBTC and the problems there and the next blowups. All of these guys are looking for just someone to be worse so that they can come back and look a little better. I am not here for it. Do not allow it. Do not allow it. Scream from the top of the mountaintop that all of these guys are assholes and none of them deserve our respect or admiration. And people, speaking of people that don't deserve our respect and admiration, House Financial Services Chair Waters, that's Maxine Waters right there, that's her, doesn't plan to subpoena Sam Bankman-Fried to testify at hearing on FTX collapse. You guys may have seen this. Of course, he is a, uh, I don't get into conspiracy theories, but I mean, SPF literally donated to her campaign, to Maxine Waters, right? He donated to her, her husband in the Clinton era, so late 90s, but was the ambassador to the Bahamas. Maybe it's just a coincidence, right? Ambassador to the Bahamas, her husband. But either way, you know, there's pictures of her blowing kisses to SBF in in former uh, hearings. And listen, everybody got fooled by him. So no surprise here. But she came out and said the other day to members of Congress that she would not subpoena him, right? That was widely reported. And then she got shit canned for it, just absolutely destroyed. So, of course, then she came out and said, lies are circulating, CNBC. They are not willing to subpoena SBF FTX. He has been requested to testify the December 13th hearing. A subpoena is definitely on the table. Stay tuned. Right? She literally, like, asked him to testify on Twitter, and he went on Twitter and was like, nah, I'm good. He went on Twitter. He was like, I don't know that much right now, so I think I'm just going to pass. And then she was like, we strongly suggest that maybe you would consider showing up. And she was, like, super respectful uh, when she shouldn't have been. She was like, we appreciate your candor and all this other shit. Right. Oh, look, here's someone's got right here. Fun story about Rep. Maxine Waters. Her husband is former U.S. ambassador to the Bahamas, where FTX was throwing cash around, served under the Bill Clinton administration. Bill was a paid speaker at FTX's conference in the Bahamas. How'd you like your conflicts of interest cook? I can't say whether that has veracity or not, but I mean, that shit's all true. That did happen. Can't say it's connected. So listen. So she said, I ain't subpoenaing him. I'm going to be real nice. I'm going to use the kid gloves like publicly, like on Twitter. I'm going to ask a criminal to if he'll maybe show up, like if he has the time. And they was like, nah, I'm good. And then she was like, oh, but maybe I would subpoena. But you know what? He said this. He said, I stu- still do not have access to much of my data. This is just this morning, professional or personal. So there's a limit to what I will be able to say, and I won't be as helpful as I'd like. But as a committee still thinks it would be useful, I'm willing to testify on the 13th. I'll do you guys this favor. I'll show up, but I'm going to lie. And I'm going to pull a full like Ronald Reagan or you know, the Oliver North. I have no recollection of that event. You know? Or he's going to pull a full-on, like, Dave Chappelle. You, you guys have seen that uh, skit. I plead the fifth. Like, you know, the fifth, F-I-F, fifth. Just plead the fifth. Fifth, F-I-F, fifth. Right? So he's going to show up, but I said, listen, I don't have much to say, and I'm not going to share much, but shit, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll be there. Y'all got free breakfast? Right? That's what this feels like, but he will show up. Here's what he said. I will try to be helpful during the hearing and to shed what light I can on 
FTX U.S.'s solvency and American customers, pathways that could return value to users internationally. I mean, maybe stop getting hacked. What I think led to the crash, and of course, final bullet point, my own failings. I thought of myself as a model CEO and wouldn't become lazy or disconnected, which made it that much more destructive when I did. I'm sorry. Hopefully people can learn from the differences between who I was and who I could have been. This is like that narcissistic, I'm the victim bullshit. Like I was the model CEO while stealing $10 billion from retail. What could have been if I hadn't have stolen your money? Fuck. How, how, how are these people surfing and painting and playing League of Legends or whatever? My God, what is happening? Wouldn't you think that like the Congress, whether they got money from it or not, or like show up or your ass is going to jail, right? And tell the truth and bring the receipts. You can show up and it's fine if you have no information. We just need to get your ass in the chair. Absolutely unbelievable. Should we go on with other news? I don't even know what this one is. What's this tweet? Oh, this is what I tweeted about it which I said, breaking news, SBF agrees to lie before Congress. That's what's happening here. That's what's happening here. So should we continue on with some more drama? Oh my God. The Week in Review. Binance's Bitcoin reserves are over collateralized, new report says. That's tight. Mazars, Mazars, performed a proof of reserves and proof of liabilities assessment on the centralized exchange. That sounds awesome, right? It's what we've all been asking for. We want some transparency, we want some transparency. We want to know what assets they have, but not so fast, apparently. I wrote a very long uh, newsletter intro just the other day, just the other day, that said proof of reserves is really hard because you don't necessarily have the liabilities. You don't have access to everything, whatever. So majors, they did this and right. So this was a, uh, this was a quote from them. At the time of assessment, Mazars, Mazars, Mazars observed Binance controlled in-scope assets in excess of 100% of their total platform liabilities. Mazars said in an announcement the exact percentage was 101%. They got 1% over, bitch. They just gave you an extra 1% when you didn't even ask for it. Cool. We're good here, right? No. However, the assessment is not an official audit, according to Francine McKenna, lecturer in financial accounting at the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. I went to the University of Pennsylvania, so she must be smart. And she said, they did a comparison of balances per public key address from a list they got from management. They did not compare any balances in independent banks or custodians or depositories, said McKenna. She went on to say, this is more worthless than even the Tether or USDC report. Ouch. Ouch. And then, of course, after we got that, we get the response from legend Jesse Powell, the CEO of Kraken, who's been beating the drum on this proof of reserves nonsense for quite a while here. Listen, I think going in the right direction with proof of reserves is great, but I don't think we're getting true transparency here. And I'm not saying finance is even trying to hide something. I just think this is really hard. This is what he said. Okay, I'll give you a hint. This is just the easy stuff that says this obviously is not a traditional proof of reserves and should immediately have had, had actual journalist digging. Why is collateral value? Why negative balances included? No wallet signing. Who issues BTCB and BBTC? I've never even heard of BBTC. I've never even heard of BBTC. I don't know even what that is. Nobody knows, but it's provocative, right? 
So the bottom line here, listen, the story is that Binance is leading the charge on proof of reserves. They're doing what they see as necessary, but there's a lot of people saying that it's all smoke and mirrors and that we're never going to truly see proof of reserves from anyone. For now, I will take anything as a step in the right direction. Step in the right direction. Anywho, anywho, what do we got next? Ledger Taps iPod creator Tony Fidel for new crypto hardware wallet. The Ledger Stacks is a sleek device that features an e-ink display that can show transaction details and even NFTs on its exterior. Okay, this is pretty fucking awesome, to be honest, right? This looks like a really cool hardware wallet. They're stepping up their game, stepping up their game, as it says here, the guy who uh, created the iPod. He's also the former CEO of thermostat company Nest. And if you guys see those thermostats, they're slick as thermostats. They're slick as hell, bro. They're cool. Right. And he's creating this hardware wallet. And you can see it right here. It, it, it looks like that kind of has an iPhone vibe to it. That's it goes with your iPhone and you can do things with your iPhone and, and, and your phone and, and, and the thing. Right. But they're charging $279 for this. The Nano S was uh, 79 bucks. So clearly this is basically a luxury item. And they're betting on the fact that people are going to continue to move to self-custody aggressively. And here's a little information for you that says that that might be a real trend. Indeed, Ledger said November 14th, three days after FTX filed for bankruptcy, was the best sales day ever for its devices, while the previous day was its second best sales day ever. And November was its best sales month ever. That is some pretty big news. When FTX collapsed and they had their best sales days of all time and their best sales month as a result, really means that people are taking self-custody seriously. And for us to do that, we're going to need better UX, better UI devices that can reflect that need from retail and from the mainstream. So I am here for any improvement in hardware, wallet devices, and self-custody. And I think that that's what we are seeing here right now. Who has an iPod anymore, says Crypto Golfer. I have like 15 of them. Doesn't mean I use them. Doesn't mean I've ever used them. Yeah. Anyways, let's continue on to some more bad news. Grayscale Bitcoin Trust discount widens to record high near 50%. That's pretty bad. Pretty good. Right. You guys may remember the glory days of when GBTC was trading at like a 20% or 30% premium to NAV and companies like BlockFi were taking advantage of that to make free money and hand it off to you as yield. And then they blew up when this premium went negative. Now, we can talk a lot about why this is happening, but the reality is it's just a really shitty product and there's not as much institutional demand for crypto and DCGs had some speculation of some issues and this shit just keeps getting worse, worse, worse. Some people would say, hey, I'm buying Bitcoin at a 50% discount. Eventually, they'll close that gap and it will fit. But that seems very risky to me, right? We know that uh, DCG owns Genesis, Genesis uh, lending completely blowing up on the back of FTX, which is fucking Gemini because everybody's in bed together, right? But the real story here that's not in this article or being told, of course, is that this 50% discount to NAV that's absolutely wrecking anybody who's ever bought GBTC, retail who put it in their IRA, why is this happening? Because Gary Gensler and his fuckhead friends refuse to approve a Bitcoin spot ETF. If we had an ETF, it would be heavily regulated. You would never see a 50% discount to NAB. The fees would be cheaper and it would trade very, very close to the price of spot Bitcoin. That was mean what I just said about them. I didn't mean it. It just came out. I'm sorry, Gary. Don't jail me. Right? But the lack of regulation, the lack of superior products has left people only being able to buy GBTC, even as it's an inferior product with a high fees 
high fees and a crappy structure. And it's garbage. And it's their fault. And speaking of him, Gensler says SEC is fine going after crypto with its current authority. As a new Congress prepares to work on uncertain crypto legislation next year, the SEC chairman says his agency needs nothing apart from more money and more reach overseas. Coincidentally, those are also the things that I need now because these assholes can't give us any clarity. We all need more money, Gary. Thanks. Thanks, because we bought GBTC and it's down 50% more than if we had just bought Spot Bitcoin, which is also down 75%. That's your fault. Your fault, Gary. Your fault. But basically in this article, he goes on to say that the SEC has all the power it could possibly need, uh, that all these crypto companies, lawyers should be able to give them advice and that we're coming for you, bro. And it doesn't matter if we get any more clarity from Congress. So what that means is that 2023, what we can look forward to is a hell, a hell of a lot of regulation by enforcement, which has been his mandate from the very beginning. We're not going to tell you what you're, you can do. We're not going to offer you any better alternatives. What we're going to do is retroactively sue you for shit that you didn't know was illegal in the first place because we never told you. We're going to take your money. We're going to put you out of business. And I'm going to take all the power, Mr. Smithers. All right? Excellent. Look at the guy. Look at the guy. Right? And it doesn't even stop there. Now, SEC urges crypto companies to disclose exposure to recent market collapse. U.S.-based crypto companies, God, man, man, bless, bless your little hearts for even trying, are expected to submit a disclosure document detailing their exposure to the FTX collapse and efforts made to protect consumers. Imagine that. Imagine you're just like coming along, really successful, nice little company operating in the United States, and now you have to answer for the sins of FTX, and you have to tell the SEC specifically that you were not exposed and then prove it, right? Does that seem fair? That seem fair? Doesn't seem fair. Doesn't seem fair. So annoying. So annoying. So that's what's happening now. They're requiring anyone who has anything to do with crypto to prove that they were not affected by FTX. And I don't even understand. What if they were? What? A... Cool. And uh, you know, if that wasn't bad enough, let's talk about our our legislators because Maxine Waters, she's doing a great job. U.S. pressures crypto miners to report carbon emissions to address soaring energy use. I don't think that's all bad. Three U.S. lawmakers introduced a bill to combat heavy energy usage by crypto miners. Crypto mining operations with over five megawatts, megawatts, gigawatts. Back to the future. Flex, flux capacitor. Must report emissions. U.S. Bitcoin miners produce carbon emissions equal to 7 million gasoline-powered cars. Yeah, well, so does Elizabeth Warren's face. U.S. lawmaker, yeah, right. So they've introduced this bill. This is coming from Edward Markey. He's got to be 97 years old. Jared Huffman. Uh, and it's called the Crypto Asset Environmental Transparency Act. They basically want the EPA to do a survey on the environmental impact of crypto mining and then have crypto mining report their exact impact. We have an entire crypto mining council that's already working on this. But yeah, it's time we pull back the curtain on crypto's harmful environmental impacts. Today, Senator Markey and I introduced a bill to get the transparency we need for oversight and accountability in this industry. Yeah, you're gigawatts, bro. Gigawatts, 1.21 gigawatts. Get that DeLorean going. Come on, man. JJ Watts. TJ Watts. Those are, those are football players. Anyway, so listen. <laughs> 
bottom line is these dudes are coming for us, man. First they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win, whatever. They're fighting us. They're fighting us right now. They're fighting us. Joe Bob says, SBF planted by Gensler, tinfoil time. Listen, I think SBF was working with Gensler, but I think Gensler was largely fooled by SBF as well, to be quite honest with you. I talked about this yesterday. I don't really see a reason why they would have to go through the lengths to plant SBF and then make him pretend to collapse and a billionaire and he's fake just so they could regulate crypto. I don't know, man. We're a small industry. If they want to do it, they would just regulate crypto. Like, why go through the uh, Real Housewives soap opera drama that I discussed? Doesn't make much sense. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, let's keep going. Coinbase CEO Armstrong confirms street expectations for a 50% plus decline in revenue in 2022. Analysts previously estimated Coinbase annual revenue in 22 to drop to roughly 3.3 billion this year. They did like 7 billion last 7.8 billion. Ew. Way down. Way down. So yeah, Coinbase stocks down 83% this year, getting absolutely smoked. And I see that uh, Mike has pulled up another article for me here about Coinbase while we are talking. Because guys, you don't even know, like we're doing this shit in real time. It's real. This is real. Real stuff. Mizuho downgrades crypto exchange Coinbase to underperform, cuts price target to $30. The bank analysis shows that 2023 revenue estimates for the crypto exchange are overly optimistic. Well, fuck. If you know me, you know that I basically have 75 oxygen tanks on my back. I'm continuing deep into the abyss because I'm so underwater on my Coinbase holdings and the hits just keep on coming with Brian uh, admitting Admitting, Brian Armstrong, admitting that, no, uh, we're not going to make as much money. But they're still solvent. They're still doing kind of well. It was just a banner year before that we're comparing it to. But yeah, man, it's not really not really that's great what is going on here. And speaking of Coinbase, I've got another article here that we, uh, that we just got pulled up. So I'm going to read it to you. Crypto exchange Coinbase asks users to switch USDT for USDC. Coinbase highlights questions about Tether reserves and campaign to get users over to USDC. But they're bought, like, I mean, USDC is kind of like their thing, Circle and Coinbase, right? It's kind of their thing. So it's kind of weird. But here, here's what they said the quote, the events of the past few weeks have put some stable coins to the test, and we've seen a flight to safety. Coinbase said in a blog post published Friday morning, Asia Time. We believe that USD coin is a trusted and reputable stable coin. What are you saying, bro? Just last week, I had Palo Arduino, the CTO of Bitfinex and Tether on the show, and he pointed out the fact that no matter how much FUD there is, Tether keeps on humming, keeps on redeeming, keeps on going on. So is this FUD or fact? I don't know. But clearly, Coinbase is pushing people towards USDC rather than USDT. Then you get to this quote. Coinbase is a co-founder of USDC. Not biased at all. Not biased at all. Let's talk about something non-crypto related that's kind of cool. Right? You guys seen this? I'm sure you've seen it. Google faces a serious threat from chat GPT. Answers from the AI-powered chatbot are often more useful than those from the world's biggest search engine. Alphabet should be worried. Now, have you guys used chat? Have any of you guys used this yet? It's fucking awesome. You can enter anything. It will write a song for you, write a story. You can do like biggie lyrics in the tone of the Bible. But you can also ask it to literally do programming, to edit and edit your code. I mean, this thing literally does everything. And this is just the early iterations and it's completely free. So yeah, it gives better answers, more thorough answers generally than Google. Although the caveat being that sometimes they're wrong, but it's also just really awesome and writes cool stories and stuff. I've been using it here. We got it here. 
let's here, let's let's do a test with chat GBTC. I don't know what we should do. Write a movie plot about an apocalyptic war between FTX and Binance for world domination and crypto supremacy include a blow torch nine iron Elon Musk and a plot twist about CEOs being forbidden lovers. It's been slow. Let's see what we got. In a world ravaged by a global economic collapse, two powerful corporations, FTX and Binance, rise to dominate the world of cryptocurrency. As they compete for supremacy, tensions between the two companies escalate, eventually leading to all-out war. As the war rages on, both sides suffer heavy casualties and destruction. The CEO of FTX, a ruthless and ambitious woman, (laughs) will stop at nothing to secure victory. Meanwhile, the CEO of Binance, a brooding and enigmatic man, fights to defend his company's interests. As the conflict reaches a fever pitch, the two CEOs discover that they are forbidden lovers bound by a secret that could change the course of the war. (laughs) In a last-ditch effort to end the conflict, the CEO of FTX hatches a desperate plan to use a blowtorch and a nine-iron to attack Binance's headquarters. But just as she, SBF, is about to carry out her plan, a surprise tweet twist is revealed. Elon Musk, the enigmatic founder of Tesla, has been secretly manipulating the war from behind the scenes. In a shocking turn of events, Musk reveals that he has been using the conflict between FTX and Binance to his own advantage, and that he has no intention of letting either side win. In the end, the war ends in a stalemate, with both sides devastated and the world forever changed. The forbidden love between the two CEOs is forced to remain a secret as they struggle to rebuild in a world that is now on the brink of collapse. I mean... Why do we even have jobs? Why do we even have jobs? Hey, I'll let you guys here propose something for chat. I'm going to go on to the last stories, but I'm going to let you guys in the comments propose a story and we'll enter it next. And this is the title of the entire stream. If you guys Bitcoin to go to $5,000, this bank says so. Yeah. Standard Chartered has uh, listed in their 22, 2023 possible list of upsets. The Bitcoin will go to $5,000 in 2023. Basically saying that we will still be in a hawkish environment, yields will be bad, and people will fly from crypto to gold because crypto is collapsing. They don't trust anymore. Gold's going to go up. That's basically what they're saying here. Possible outcome involves a reversal in interest rate hikes as the economies struggle at more crypto bankruptcies and a collapse in investor confidence in digital assets. Here you go. He stressed that he wasn't making predictions, but instead had adumbrating, he made up a word, scenarios that are materially outside of current market consensus. I'm not making predictions, bro, but 5,000 next year. Book it. Book it. Book it. Yeah, basically saying that Bitcoin's ratio to gold around lowest since 2020 as token loses luster and gold will go to 2250. Then we had Saxo's 2023 outrageous predictions, the war economy. And one of theirs is that gold, where is it? Gold rockets up to $3,000 as central banks fail on inflation mandate. So guys, we've got Bitcoin going to zero. Last year we had, uh, last week we had Bitcoin going to 10,000. We had Bitcoin going to 6,500. We had Kiyosaki saying 10,000 or 12,000. It seems that we have a media consensus that shit is going to get much, much worse, which to me means probably near the bottom, probably near the bottom. Anyways, do any of you write me anything here? 
Can you guys write me anything? Nobody's, nobody got creative. Come on, man. Uh, your Biggie Tupac story was the first I saw of GPC Gold. Yeah, I did one about uh, Biggie and Tupac. Uh, write a plot for a television show called The Real House Wives of Crypto. Include endless bickering on Twitter between immature billionaires as searching for vindication in the face of evidence and literally everyone hating them and their faces. There we got. There we got. Come on. You can't, I mean, the AI is slow. The Real Housewives of Crypto follows the drama-filled lives of six wealthy, powerful women who are all involved in the world of cryptocurrency. As they compete for dominance in the cutthroat world of crypto, the women engage in endless bickering and feuding on Twitter, all while trying to maintain their luxurious lifestyles. At the center of the show is Amanda, a former Wall Street executive who made her fortune by investing in Bitcoin at the right time. She's always looking for the next big opportunity and will stop at nothing to get ahead. I'd watch this. Next is Brooke, a social media influencer who is always on the lookout for the next big thing to promote on her channels. She's constantly seeking validation from her followers and will do whatever it takes to get it. Then there's Chloe, a tech entrepreneur who is always on the cutting edge of the latest crypto trends. She's fiercely competitive and will go head-to-head with anyone who stands in her way. Rounding out the group are Mia, a former model who's now a venture capitalist, Olivia, a fashion designer with a passion for crypto, and Samantha, a self-made millionaire who built her fortune by trading altcoins. As the women navigate the high-stakes world of crypto, they're constantly faced with challenges and obstacles, including hostile takeovers, market crashes, and accusations of insider trading. But despite the constant drama and bickering, the women remain close friends, always there to support each other through the highs and lows of their extravagant lives. There it is. There it is. There it is. I'm disappointed that none of you have given me a great uh, plot to enter here, to be quite honest. Yeah, I mean... As Texas West Capitol, Chris says, Sitcoin pilots being created right now. I mean, it's literally so easy. You can type anything into this. Um, write the, I saw this one once, write the lyrics of the 10 crack commandments in the voice of the Bible. Maybe that'll work. There's Biggie, obviously, for, I know you heard this before, never get high on your own supply, number five. Yeah, maybe it'll give it to us. Maybe I'll give it to us. See. But you can be like, hey, write me an Ayn Rand story about, you know, or something, whatever. Oh, thou shalt not let thy love of money and power lead thee astray. Number two, thou shalt not put thy trust in false idols, for they shall surely lead thee to destruction. Uh, These are just like actually commandments. Remember the Sabbath day? Nah, man, that's not never get high in your own supply. Oh, we blew it on this one. Yeah. 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 Whatever, man. That's basically all I got. Um, yeah, Swamp Witch says, except the bitch-ass behavior is for men. That's true. Like, uh, that shouldn't have been about women. Real house husbands. Real house husbands of crypto. I mean, that's like all the news, man. That's all the news. Oh, my gosh. Wait, wait. I got something for you, I think. Let me see. I'm trying to download something. It's not downloading. Why won't it download? What am I get? Come on. Let me see if I can do it on my phone. Hold up. Mike made me an image. Oh, here we go. Let's see if I can uh, 
add a add a come on come on come on what's happening add a thing let's see if i can oh my god this is so good this is gonna be so good do you see it oh my god he did it what a legend we got to change this beverly hills to crypto but <laughs> svf cz joe Quad. Suzu, Kyle Davies, Elon Musk, Mario Doffel, and Gary Gensler. <laughs> oh, you did it. Oh, Mike, you're a legend. We just got to change the word. Just cross out Beverly Hills and put crypto, and we've got a fucking hit show. We got a hit. So good. So good. Look at Gary. Look at Gary. Sexy. Elon Musk, pretty indifferent. I don't even know how to go on from here. Mike, just cross out Beverly Hills and put crypto, and, and this is this is ready, ready for the world. By the way, we call Mike Misha now. He was always Misha, but I was introduced to him as Mike, and now I struggle with it. But he's Misha. He's really Misha. Yeah. Can I write... A simple yo mama joke. Can it? Uh, let's see. Write a yo mama joke. Come on. Come on, do it. Come on, do it. Your mama's so fat, she uses a Snorlax as a yoga mat. It's kind of funny. Your mama only got one leg. That's why she wears New Balance. Your mama is so fat, her blood type is Rocky Road. Her belt size is Equator. Get it? Equator. <sighs> Man. Yeah, Elon Musk did have a nice dress. We got to get back to that. Um, write, so here we go. Jay, Jay wants to know, can it write a crypto newsletter in the voice of Scott Melker? Write a crypto newsletter in the voice of Scott Melker. I don't know. I would be like, who the fuck is Scott Belker? See what it's got. See what it's got. Man, it's taking a little while. Welcome to the Melker Report. Mm -hmm. Crypto market is on fire and I'm loving every minute of it. Bitcoin is breaking new all-time high. What? All-time highs, it is. And all coins are following suit. It's a great time to be a crypto enthusiast. In the news, we've seen the launch of several new projects and partnerships. Ethereum has partnered with Binance to bring decentralized finance to a wider audience. And Coinbase has announced plans to go public, which is a huge step for the crypto industry as a whole. In terms of trading, I'm currently bullish on a few select altcoins. Chainlink and Polkadot are both looking strong. And I think they have a lot of potential in the long run. As always, do your own research. Never invest, invest more than you can afford to lose. Thanks for joining me on the Melka Report. Until next time, happy trading. Oh my, my DJ thing was the Melker project. Oh my God. Dude, I've never do it here. Write a blog post on trading with MACD. I don't know. I don't know. Can you do it? Chris, thanks. You wrote one of these once. You wrote a whole long form on trade. It can do it. Moving average, convergence, divergence, MACD is a popular technical analysis indicator used by traders to identify trends and potential buy and sell signals in the market. MACD is calculated by taking the difference between two exponential moving averages, EMAs, which are a type of trend following. I mean, this shit is perfect. 
The MACD is typically shown as a histogram on a separate chart below the price chart. It consists of two lines, the MACD line, which is the difference between the two NMAs, and the signal line, which is a moving average of the MACD line. I mean, this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Look at it. You're, you identify the strength of a trend. Blah, blah. And then, like, what's crazy is, like, if you do that, then you can, like, go write a longer post, and it'll include more. Or you can be, like, include more information about support and resistance, and it'll write you an even longer one, adding to it. It's insane. It's insane. Anyways, guys, I don't, I'm not going to have a job, so it's fine. But, yeah, it's still over here writing a blog post for me. You know what? I'm not, not letting this off. Fact. Fact, full screen it. Yeah, like that. Uh, it's mesmerizing. It's gorgeous. They're gorgeous. So good. So good. Yeah, but my, my uh, Misha, I just need you to, 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 you know, change Beverly Hills to crypto and this shit's it's ready. It's ready. It's all I got for you guys today. It's all I got for you guys today. And I think it was enough. I'm going to be honest. I think that was enough. I think it was enough. I think I, uh, oh my God, wait. Write a presidential speech for Kanye West. That shit is good. That's gold. Write a, I'll bring it up in a second. Speech for Kanye West. See what it's got. Ah, I wrote West wrong. Hold up. Let's restart again. Write a presidential campaign speech for Kanye West. Good evening, my fellow Americans. Stand before you tonight as candidate for the highest office in the land, and I'm honored to have the opportunity to speak with you about the issues that matter the most to our country. My name is Kanye West, and I'm running for president of the United States. I know that some of you may be skeptical about my candidacy and that it's understandable. I'm not a career politician. I've never held public office before. But I believe it is time for fresh voices and new ideas in our politics, and I believe that I can offer both. I'm running for president because I'm passionate about the future of this country, and I believe that I have the vision and the leadership skills to help us navigate the challenges that lie ahead. Jeff Johnson for Congress. I believe in the power of the American people, and I believe that we can do great things when we come together and work towards a common goal. Yeah. I believe in the importance of a strong economy, and I'll work tirelessly to create jobs and opportunities for, okay, like this is just like a canned speech. Should have been in the voice of Kanye West. This doesn't sound like him. Uh... Okay, now let's try something else. Write, write a presidential campaign speech in the voice of Kanye West. Genius, voice of a generation. See what they got. See what they got. Now I'm supposed to not even be here anymore, man. That's not working. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Kanye West. I'm running for president. I say the same shit. I've been prepared for this moment for my entire life. I've been a successful musician and entrepreneur. Now, the vision and leadership skills necessary to lead this country into the future. Whatever, man. It's, it's not Kanye enough for me. We need not a lot more uh, cursing and hate. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that's all we got, guys. I'm going to be back on Monday, obviously. 
We're going to talk about macro with Mike McGlone and Dave Weisberger. Got the whole team. Thinking about bringing in those dudes as like co-hosts on Mondays. We got, yeah. I like gay and I like fish sticks. I'm a gay fish. Do you like fish sticks? Do you like fish sticks in your mouth? You're a gay fish. If you guys have never seen that South Park with Kanye West, genius fish sticks. It's the best. It's the best. How to contact you. You got me here. Annalie, what's up? Hello. Can I ask you some questions about cryptocurrency? It appears that chat GPTC is now in the chat. Yeah. Des says the show made his week. Thank you, Des. You make my week every week, so it's good. Wolfpack, have a great weekend. Chris would like you to know that he loves fish sticks in his mouth. It's true. And guys, I'm out of here. I got things to do. It's been fun. That was really fun. Um, final words. Don't let these assholes back in. They're criminals. They blew up our entire industry. Remember that. No second chance here. Peace. That's dope.